Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My friends, Simon Miller from What Culture here, and given that Michael Sidgwick, who also works at What Culture, has a book coming out soon called Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, which you can get right now at whatculture.bigcartel.com, we thought we would do a lovely list, taking everything that he's written in that book and kind of talking about it in a video, but not all of it, because obviously that would defeat the purpose of the book. So yes, anyway, back on track. This is the 10 biggest secrets behind the rise of AEW. Now subscribe and let's have some fun. Number 10, those rocky moments. As people are quick to remind me all the time, I didn't hate certain foibles that AEW had in the early going, like the Nightmare Collective and everything we did originally with the Dark Order. I like to look on the bright side of life, but apparently that makes me an asshole. You also had that thing where Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho were kind of doing the authority figure versus the face of the company. But I just thought this was a brand new promotion trying to find their way. And now as I stand here in 2021, I think that's kind of how it worked out. I saw these weren't high points for the promotion, but given they did open their ears and given that they did listen to the audience and given that they did change tact, all of a sudden they started to find their own voice and their own personality which basically brings us up to speed. Tony Khan of others have even come out in interviews and said, oh yeah, we made a little bit of a mistake there, but if you're not going to drop the ball, how the hell are you ever going to pick it back up? Because do not forget, it's great having a ton of successes, but you need to fail so you can go back to your notepad and go, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Number nine, All In wasn't the start of it. I loved All In. I was lucky enough to be there live and the crowd was so loud. At one point, my brain said, Simon, I think we need to cry. And that wasn't because I was a sad panda. It was because all of this ruckus had hit my emotional gland and my body was trying to figure it out. And while we look back and cite how All In 2018 was the start of All Elite Wrestling, and it certainly played a huge role, especially in making Tony Khan go, oh, maybe I've got something here, it wasn't the beginning at all. And this is because so many other moments had to come into play. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega tearing it up in New Japan, Cody Rhodes leaving WWE, and smashing the indie scene, the Young Bucks being the Young Bucks, because somehow they always managed to make it work, and the fact that over in World Wrestling Entertainment, they had just got a lot of rights fees when it came to Raw and SmackDown. I mean, it stands to reason, right? If one wrestling show is going to be given oodles and doodles of cash, why couldn't another one pop up and go, well, we'd like some of that pie? That's basically what went down. And there is far more that you would have to chat about. Cheap pug. That's what the book is all about. Number eight, the importance of being the elite. 
This cannot be understated, because being the elite, that wonderful and ridiculous YouTube show, which is now embedded into wrestling lore, has become excellent supplemental viewing for anyone that likes to call themselves a hardcore fan, especially because they're always breaking the fourth wall. They just don't care in the best possible way. But if we do turn the clock back a few years, there was a time when Kenny Omega was like, I don't know, man, if we should be doing this. And while the Young Bucks especially tried to tie this in with Ring of Honor and what they were doing there, the promotion was like, nah, bruh, we don't want to do it. Thankfully, ROH eventually saw the light at Supercard of Honor 12, and obviously Kenny got on board. The best part was, if you used to go in the comment section back in the day, you'd have loads of people saying, this is more entertaining than Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm sure they were just prodding the bear, but sometimes it's fun to prod the bear. It also gave you an extra look at the personalities who would go on to form All Elite Wrestling, and therefore you felt like you knew them a little bit better. And while I'm sure the company would have been fine either way, don't you come up here in my house and say this didn't help because it did. Number seven, AEW's Developmental League. I mean, this is playing hard and loose with the facts, but if you do take a step back and kind of take a casual look at things, I think you could make the case that PWG has kind of acted like a developmental league for all elite wrestling. And really, it's just silly to say that one company stole talent for another company because it's been happening in wrestling since year dot. And also, it happens in the real world. It's called having a job. But much like Vince McMahon turned to the AEWA in order to recruit Hulk Hogan, on occasion, AEW has looked at PWG and gone, well, they'll probably work over here, and so would they. And it doesn't stand to reason why they do this. I mean, go and listen and go and look at the crowds and look at the audiences there is definitely a crossover. So why wouldn't you try them out on a bigger stage? And if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, wasn't this basically what Triple H was doing when it came to Ring of Honor NXT? I say yes. So if you do have an All Elite Wrestling favorite, maybe take a few minutes and go check out Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I mean, I think you will absolutely be entertained it may be impossible not to be. Number six, pure patience. Recently, I did a video explaining why anybody who thinks that AEW has botched CM Punk has lost their mind, and I stand by it. And the catalyst for all of this was, well, he hasn't fought Kenny Omega, he hasn't fought Cody Rhodes, he hasn't had any big-time matches, but my word, it's all about patience. And this is one of the reasons why All Elite Wrestling remains constantly interesting, is because, yes, they take their time, and they don't just run to the bank. And look, if Punk had marched in, there and started having all of these bouts, would I have been a pleased pup? Of course I would have been, but the fact we get to take our time just means I get even more excited. I mean, look at everything between Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. You could make the argument that that's a storyline three years in the making. This is the kind of stuff I need in my life. It just means that you invest and you wait and then you celebrate. And Tony Khan has gone on record and said, this is how I like to do things. I come up with an idea, I let it manifest, and then we get to where we need to get to in the right amount of time. It also allows you to keep asking, well, when will it happen? And that rocks because it keeps you on your tootsie toes. Wardlow, for example. One day, Wardlow is going to turn on MGF and we are going to do backflips because once again, we've been desperate to see it. Number five, a shifting concept. Wins and losses matter in wrestling, and we know this because when certain individuals get defeated, we all lose our minds and want to run through a wall. I mean, even though the outcomes are chosen beforehand, fans still want to buy into this. It's the secret source of professional wrestling. So while AEW does have rankings and ensures to document every single victory that takes place within a 12-month period, I think it's fair to say that Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes have moved away from the original concept. But do you know what? 
Good. Now, I love the rankings and everything that pops out on a seven-day basis. But after a while, I think everybody realized, well, this is going to pigeonhole us a little bit. So maybe we shouldn't do it. Because while we were going on deep on this, just distantly coming up with numbers and finishing moves and height, we exist in a universe where you can do whatever the hell you want. As long as everybody involved agree, well, why don't we do whatever the hell you want? And you don't want a bunch of metrics steering you in a very specific direction. So AEW pivoted, and I actually think the outcome of this was far better than the alternative. I don't think you can argue with the results, because look how they're doing right now. I mean, if nothing else, everything makes sense. I mean, if I can explain all the shenanigans in a wrestling company in one sentence... Well, then it really just makes me tick my box. Number four, a use of politics. AEW is too nice is a phrase I hear all the time, and I hate all of this, especially when it's followed by the words for the wrestling business. Like we should all be happy that evil is the major takeaway from something we love. You should be able to be a success, and you should be able to be nice. Now, thankfully, this is dumb, but also AEW has proven it wrong because they are a babyface company. I don't just mean in the sense that usually they have the babyfaces win at the end of a story, which make you feel all warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum, but I'm also referencing what's going on backstage. The fact that loyal friends got jobs based on their talents, aside from nepotism, even though, again, the internet would like to play it otherwise. The fact that the company has only released a handful of people since 2019... These are nice things. And I would describe all of it as fan service in many ways, especially when you get to the Forbidden Door. I mean, AEW has worked with the NWA, they've worked with New Japan, they've worked with Impact Wrestling. And if you're anything like me, anytime somebody does step through this magical hole, well, you just get excited. The point is, there's nothing wrong with doing good things, especially when once again, it makes sense. And never forget that it is nice to be nice. Number three, exposing an ancient take. For many, a huge plus point of AEW being born into existence is that it was going to have to light a fire under WWE's ass. Now, you can argue this until the cows come home. I mean, I think SmackDown has benefited from it greatly. But whatever. You enjoy what you enjoy, and that's all that matters. The real awesome part of AEW existing when we're referencing this, though, is that we finally move past this idea that WWE's style of wrestling is the only thing that will be able to break into the mainstream. And as I've said time and time again, I'm a huge fan of it screwy finishes and scripted promos aside but there's loads of different ways to do pro wrestling and it's nice that another one is finally getting the recognition it deserves and i know i know you're shouting about demos and ratings now but i just don't care i'm interested but i watch wrestling to be entertained and if we do step into that world well aew saw off nxt and at this point in time every now and then has beaten Raw in the key 18 to 49 demographic. So that is enough evidence that to some, this version of predetermined sports is the one they want in their life. And also, don't forget, it's a business. It's company versus company. Competition is always good. Number two, continued success. And this is the big one, really. As AEW has continued to expand, they've also just become more and more successful to the point a bunch of names now wrestle for them, which at one point, if I had told you, you would have slapped me right in the face. I mean, they just wouldn't have sounded realistic. When Tony Khan has brought in Adam Cole, Tony Khan has brought in Brian Danielson, and also Tony Khan convinced CM Punk to come back to the world of pro wrestling. And there was a huge chunk of my life where I decided, well, that's never going to happen. And I've never been more happy to be proved wrong. This also ties into what we were talking about earlier, where we have moved past bad stories and creative because the fans didn't like it. Keeping your ears open as a wrestling promoter is super duper important, especially when you're putting on live TV every week. 
I mean, you're literally going to have thousands of people go, yeah, we like this, or boo, it sucks. So it makes sense to write down what they're saying, and I'm pretty sure AEW has done exactly that. Number one, keeping it simple. Yes, AEW likes to keep things simple. And when I say that, I mean the same way that a romantic comedy likes to keep things simple. When you go and watch a rom-com, you nine times out of ten expect the two leads to get together when you get to the finish. And that is absolutely fine. It doesn't mean you can't have fun with it here and there, but deep down as humans, we are basic people. I mean, look at the Marvel movies. Thanos was on top for like at the end of one film, but then what happened when that particular story culminated? The heroes were victorious. And this is what I'm talking about. You can still have more complicated arc or stories, like everything with Hangman Adam Page, but when you take a step back, it's so easy to explain, which means it's so easy to invest in. But introducing a hint to your audience and then paying it off is essentially what you're paid to do. But also, when it comes to the wrestlers themselves, they are allowed to shine in their own unique way. And there's also something for everybody too. Do you want a monster who's going to kill people? Say hello to Miro. Do you want some flippy dippy Shib, say hello to Dante Mayan. And you don't have to like all of it, and it makes you crazy to think that you would do, but you can dip in and dip out as you see fit. And as has been proved in the past, and once again today, it's been quite the phenomenal success. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.